Good morning. Welcome to the We Are Driven podcast, where we equip you with the tools to succeed in your pursuit of excellence in business, fitness, and cars. This is episode 90, and happy New Year's, everybody. Happy New Year's. We're recording this in in 2023, but you're listening to this in 2024. So hey. hello to the future. Yeah, day name, after Christmas, but we're, you know, we're good. <laughs> day after Christmas, yeah. My name is Arun Kumar, and I am the driver, and I'm here with my co-host, Dan LaRue. How are you, Dan? I am surviving. Uh, we'll, we'll get in this, into this in a couple episodes, but uh, to the listeners, I, uh, I did have a surgery done, um, and uh, I'm recovering from it, but, and I am uh, pushing my way through some recordings uh, you know, just to keep my mind off of it. So, But I'll tell the story uh, when we get to it, you know? <laughs> It was it was kind of one of those things where um it yeah it was not expected, so we kind of have our schedule we have to adhere to as far as recordings go, and then we'll eventually get to it. Yeah, I think just with yeah what we already had planned, and then the fact that we haven't actually really talked much since that surgery, that it it just means we need to prepare a little bit more before we can lay it all out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, because because there is a strong message that I could give about it, and we will. I'm excited for it. <laughs> but until then, quick reminder, if you like what you hear in this podcast, please share it with your friends, your car club, your gym buddies, your coworkers, your employees, whoever you think will benefit from a little bit more of the driven mindset in their lives. And if you really like what you're doing here, what we're doing here, please leave a review. That's how we grow. That's how this community gets bigger. That's how we all will continue to make the world a better place. Dan, so having having been laid up for a couple of days, I'm sure you've caught up a lot on auto news. Do you have anything for us? You know, not really. Um, all I've really been seeing are all of these Tesla recalls. Another which one? Is, yeah, apparently now I, I don't know which model it is. Um, but they're being recalled because if they get in a crash, the doors open. Is it a Model um, X? I, it it <laughs> must be. I I don't know. Um, it it's funny because when we talked about it last, uh, with their um, with their like self driving thing, yeah. the next day I immediately saw a news article of one failing and causing a huge wreck. Oh jeez! So I was like, <laughs> I was like, ah. I see. Um, but in other EV news, um, Ford has discontinued their their program for EVs. Discontinued. For, <laughs> I, I don't know if it discontinues the right word, but it's halted. Um, okay, okay. They just can't financially do it. And they have, um, I think they have like 50, no, 1,500 dealers in the U.S. is not right. I forget what the number of dealerships was, but the number that matters is that half of the dealer Ford dealerships in America have opted out of Ford's EV program. Oof. And it was it, like a big deal to do yeah. that. Yeah. It, in That's the like reason a boycott. Well, well, kind of. The, the problem is, is that when you look at dealerships like the ones here in Nebraska, if they're farm town dealers, they're not going to opt into this program because it costs them $500,000 to $1.2 million to put in the EV infrastructure into their dealership. So they, they just don't have the means to do it. Um, now like your bigger dealers in the city, it makes sense. Um, 
but uh uh yeah so it, it sounds like ford is on the struggle bus and i did read that buick also has halted their ev program they um, had an ev program they uh, <laughs> allegedly i mean they are part of gm so yes yeah. they, they do yeah, to some degree but um that is the news in the auto world today is that the I think that there is a coming to light moment with some of these manufacturers of saying, okay, maybe we can't do this yet. Maybe the push is too far. I, I so, so I think what's interesting is there was a, there's a story and I don't, I haven't verified this at all, but I heard some Instagram reel once upon a time in which, the speaker said that there were probably five different attempts to legislate away horses, regulate away horses. The government mm-hmm. attempted to get rid of horses as a means of transportation for a long time and with many different attempts. And people basically were just breaking the law readily by just continuing to ride horses around because right. it was... It was the better option. And the government kept trying and kept trying and wasn't getting anywhere. And eventually horses were basically wiped out as a means of transportation and a a useful tool in society in a very, very short period of time when the car came around. And it was the free market that decided that horses were no longer the best option. Which, which I think is what needs to happen uh, with EVs. I, I think it just needs to have that natural progression into it, not forced. Um, or or natural progression into whatever it is that makes Yeah, sense. it doesn't even have to be electric, I guess. Yeah. Okay. yeah, or it doesn't even have to be batteries, maybe. Right. Or the... the anyways, yeah. Yeah, can... and the number is it's 1,550 participants. So there's like... 3,100 Ford dealers in the U.S. Got it, got it. 50% so, opted out. Yeah, I was like, man, I remember like the number being 1,500, but I don't remember what stat it was. But either way, it's still wild. Still very wild. It, it's uh, it's definitely progressing in a way I think the U.S. government won't be happy. That's okay. They'll be di- gone soon and replaced with a whole new but much smaller and reasonable government. Right, yeah. If we all listen to our true gut feelings about government overreach and libertarianism and <laughs> free society. Anyways, yep. <clears throat> I, uh, I started off this recording telling you that I was going to distract you so that you wouldn't be able to do extra research or figure out ahead of time what oh, car... I, oh, I knew exactly what this what is. I'm already hovering over it. What is it? Uh, I, well... It could be two vehicles oh, okay. that are relatively close to each other because you said it was Barbie edition. And it's, either a, <laughs> it's either a uh, 1973 Leyland Moke or it's, a, or it's a 1992 Porsche 968. It's that one. pink. <laughs> <laughs> so it is a rest of world spec 92 Porsche 968 six-speed, and it is pink. And yeah. it has a Japanese, or sorry, a German front license plate 
but it is a Japanese market car. It's right-hand drive. Uh, everything's in kilometers. And so I didn't, I thought all 968s actually had a V8, but this is a three-liter four-cylinder It's a huge four-cylinder. Imagine those, that cylinder is giant. I it's Just huge. out of perspective, my V6 Audi S4 is a three-liter. They made three-liter V12s. Yeah, that's a huge four-cylinder. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I'd be willing to bet that the U.S. didn't get this motor. Oh, if that's I had, a good point. If I point. had to guess, I so I'd have to do some research yeah, on know. it. But but I'm betting <laughs> we didn't. That's it's cool as shit. I think what it's missing though is some teal interior. And It'll really make it bar respect. Or ten inch wheels or whatever <laughs> yeah. those Daihatsu <laughs> wheels were. Yeah. Oh man, did you picked a weird one? Because like. It's at fifty-five grand. It goes today, and there's not going to be anything like this sold before. <laughs> but I mean, I like the seats. The seats are cool. It's already higher than the majority of the market. It's because it's Barbie spec. Barbie spec. Actually no, it's is a because premium. it's because it's freaking Japanese. Oh, you think? Yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> I mean, the other one that's sixty-eight grand. The most recent one is white on black, and it's left-hand drive. So irrelevant. Also, a three-liter though. Three-liter V10 in- inline four. Oh. <laughs> Um, I used to think that that all engines were V-shaped, and so I was so confused when people said four-cylinder, but they weren't right. saying V4. I was like, what do you mean? It's not a V4? This thing is and ugly as shit. Um, with the looking at headlights. a different car. Uh, it's oh. blue. It's a blue blue Porsche with blue wheels, matching blue wheels. <laughs> Ooh. Terrible. Ooh. <laughs> Terrible. Ooh. Um, also, a three-liter inline-four. Maybe these things said we're... I think we were just wrong. Yeah, we just don't know anything. I'm Alright, at 55, I'm going to guess 62.5. I feel like that's been a guess that you've made before recently. Yeah, it, it was. Actually, it was. The 308. <laughs> Sixty-two and a half is the exact same guess you made on that Ferrari. I'm just gonna ago. guess. I think I'm gonna eat this one, but we'll mm-hmm. see. You might be right. Who knows? Yeah, that one's tough. Anyways, I like it though. It's definitely interesting. Would you drive it? Fuck yeah, I tried that. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> All right. Naughty. Not a chance in hell I would. I, if someone handed me the keys, I would say no. Hello. <laughs> Drive anything pink. Oh, okay. It's just it's just like that for you. Yeah. Okay. Pink cars are sweet. <laughs> Ooh, I'm just watching the featured auctions scroll through here. They're, All they're right, nice. here you go. You ready for this? I'm ready for this. I believe you have two of these in this year range. Have or had... Don't know. Uh-oh. Is it a Passat W8? Nah, it's a 2003 Dodge Ram. 
2,500 SLT quad cap Cummins 4x4. 41,000 miles. Oh, no. It is blue with the uh, with the gray rockers, chrome bumpers, uh, chrome bug shield. This thing is so clean for 2003. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It is. Like, these things are usually falling off their frame. <laughs> it is so clean. Um, it is a bench seat up front. I love it. It's expensive. It's currently got a day to go at twenty six thousand two fifty, and it's being I'm, actively bid on. I'm gonna cheat and go to uh, the website of a of a dealership in Missouri called Gateway Connection Trucks, and all they sell is low mile diesel trucks. <laughs> I want to see if they have one of these for sale. Okay, so they have, how many miles did this one have on it? Oh, okay, so they had a 32,000 mile 06 Ram, otherwise the same, for 30 grand. What else do they have? A lot of Silverados, Duramax Silverados. This is going to be a tough one to find this year specifically. Yeah, because they they fell apart. All yeah, they did. But the ones I have did not. They're in great shape, and somebody should buy one (laughs) from me, please. Not to mention, Cash Reclunkers probably killed these two. Well, that's kind of maybe too new. Maybe too new by then. I'm scrambling here to find more comps. Um, 04, 36,000 miles sold. No price. That's low. 04, 28,000 miles. No price. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) This is not what I wanted. Not helping. I mean, on it, I I think it's like, it's going to be high. I think it's going to go for I think it's going to be high too. Like, because you're also this is a deleted truck from the factory. Like you don't have to touch right. the sucker. Right. Hmm. Thirty seven thousand dollars. All right. Thirty seven. Locked it's at it in. Twenty six right now. That's gonna be a yeah. big old hike. Yep. <sighs> yep. That's what I'll do. But so the ones I own are are gas, fifteen hundred. Yeah. Right. And weirdly, the guy I bought it from and the two people that have come and looked at it and not bought it both say, yeah, these these are awesome. These motors, everybody loves these motors. Everybody's telling me to get this one. And I'm looking at it like really a 4.7 V8 with timing issues and you want it? <laughs> That's the Magnum, isn't it? It is the Magnum. Yeah. I mean, we. my dad had one. Was it fun? Yeah. It's kind of rowdy. Like, you straight pipe it. One of mine is straight piped, and they oh, sound pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> and it, our, ours ours was straight piped with, that kicked out from the sides. Oh. And it was a single cab, like... Single cab. Not a... Sh- <laughs> I don't know if it was a short box or not. I'll have to find a video, uh, photo of it. But uh, it was lifted to the moon with underglow, yeah, Casey This is lights. the one... Underglow? Yeah, it wow. was freaking awesome. This is the one that you stuck in a ditch so that yes. you could talk to the cop. Yep. Yes, sir. 
hey, you know, funny thing about that story. That came <gasps> from be gone forever. What? Uh, my, my Twitter got banned and it deleted all my photos. It's going to be gone forever now. Oh, yeah. You should have verified your Twitter account back. In the no, day. I shouldn't have let it get hacked. Oh, wait. No, no, no. I'm thinking of Evelyn. Evelyn got banned from Twitter. Yeah. And now because Musk fired everybody, you, I've submitted three appeals and it'll never be seen. That's okay. He's using AI to do that kind of stuff. And you <laughs> appear on this super right wing extreme podcast that, you know, makes you on the watch list. Dang. Well, that photo's gone forever. But yeah, it's a truck I took in the ditch. So I was going to say about that that story that you told that that story you told it on an episode called car questions with Dan. Yeah. Oh, this how is about, a good segue. How about this, this is segue. This is unintentional. I love it. <laughs> so what are we doing today, Dan? Uh, we're doing some car questions with Arun. There we go. <laughs> so coincidental. Uh, love it. Not scheduled. And it's, uh, it's great. Yeah, you picked that RAM right before we got oh, on the recording. I have it on Facebook. <laughs> so you Sweet. want me to go to Facebook right now so we can depict this for the listeners? Uh, I'm just going to send it to you and you can tell me your thoughts later. But uh, yeah, I do saw the photo. Twitter, suck it. <laughs> anyway yeah we've got some car questions for Arun um, you know I just wrote up a few questions here and there we'll see where it goes um, see how he answers them um, wait this is a second gen RAM that you had yeah I don't I think this is like a late 90s well it was until 2002 yeah I don't no no but I loved it it was a great truck it was a Magnum though Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Terrible yeah. picture, but thank you for sharing. Bro, it was taken with a flip phone back in 2013. No excuses. Where is your iPhone 15 remaster? I think the iPhone 2 was out at that point. Ooh. I don't, re- I don't I think remember. It was 08 the first iPhone came out. Yeah, I don't know what iPhone that wet would have been, but I didn't have one. What? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, we're off track here. <laughs> That's how so rude. I have some car questions for you. Well, let's let's uh, hear. I, I did find the notepad in my desk this morning. Look at that. Um, you got a notepad and everything. Um, I didn't. I I didn't have. I had two questions on here that were car related. Um, <laughs> what were we'll the see. other questions? <laughs> uh, they were. It was like it was like one like one of the first episodes we were gonna do is like interviewing a rune. Uh, oh, like, way like, back like who? In the day. Yeah, like who are you? Um, so there's like dream job stuff on here, uh, favorite exercise shit like that. So we're, we're just going to skip <laughs> over that. Irrelevant. Uh, if I can fit these last two questions I had on here in there, uh, I, I will. Okay. Um, we'll see. We'll see where it goes and when you want to cut it off and whatnot. <laughs> so Arun, I know that we cover this somewhat in, in the many episodes that we have done. But what is the real story on how you ended up getting into cars? Because I know your parents aren't car people. So <laughs> how did you fall in love? What what was the defining moment of your childhood? That where so, you're like, damn, I like cars. Well, okay. So or I, even early adult life. 
there's there is a, a small correction. My dad is into cars. Okay, see, this is something I didn't know. Yeah, he is into cars, but he's into cars in a very, very, very different way than I am into cars. Okay. And so for starters, he is a uh, technology early adopter. He will beta test anything. He loves the latest tech. He loves gadgets. He loves... I sympathize with that. Yeah, and, and so he's... He was big into uh, all the new cars coming out, and he was big into Motor Trend and Car and Driver and those kind okay. of shows where they're reviewing the latest cars and showing all the fuel economy stats and horsepower stats and moose test stats. So when he saw the Corvette C4 and their digital dash, he was like, that's cool. That was before his time. Oh, well. So he, because something he moved, similar. Yeah. He moved to the US in 92. Oh, but, yeah. But okay. before that, I mean, he's from India. And in India, the chosen car of royalty and wealth and luxury and the sort of desirable mark of choice is Mercedes. Okay. And so he always wanted the three-pointed star on the hood. And he thought that, that was the coolest thing ever. But it, it then branched out just into general luxury cars. But he was big when I was a kid into like the E55 AMG that had come out in 1999 yes. or something like yeah. that. And Which you own now? I have an S55 AMG from 2002. Yeah. 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 And he's driven that car. And he, he said it's the first time he actually that he had ever driven a car with a three-pointed star on the, sticking up from the hood. Yeah, they they own a Mercedes RV right now, but the three pointed star is just embossed onto the hood. It's not sticking up. Off of yeah, the hood. which all of the Mercedes are now. Yeah, but anyway, so he was into cars, and oh, you want to know how full circle we're about to get? Yeah, let's hear it. When I so I was a I was a a baby, and the first toy that I ever got was a car. Okay, but not just any car. It was a three-liter inline four Porsche nine six eight. All right, this shit's car. getting scary now. <laughs> shit's getting Holy scary. Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. So it was a it it was a model, you know, like a a one twenty four scale nine six eight with some weird stripes on the side. It was silver. Okay, and it was one of those that you pull back and it winds up the wheels, and then you let go and it flies off. You know, one of those. Okay. All right. Um, so that was my first toy. And I can't explain any specific event that happened between the ages of zero and five or six or something like that. But by the time I was five or six, the house was just full of toy cars. Okay. Every matchbox and Hot Wheels, every micro machines little same, mini world and same road yeah. rug and and then it turned into computer games need for speed need stop for speed, freeze pursuit. freeze stop i'm gonna stop you there <clears throat> okay. gonna stop you there because that's question number two so <laughs> stop and we'll, we're gonna reverse this a little bit and so your dad right yeah huge huge into the new stuff so is he really into like this new like electronic stuff or EV stuff like yeah. the new like the new yeah. Mercedes EV. Yeah. Okay, so this is where you get your luxury brand 
you know enjoyment fanhood or, from you yeah. know because you're because you know i know you're a bmw guy so okay now i now i understand <laughs> i did not know this um but question two is i know you were a gamer maybe you still are and you just you know you're in the closet about it <laughs> Uh, I can show you the dust on my Xbox controllers. <laughs> uh, dude, I turned on my Xbox a uh, couple weeks ago, and dust actually spit out of it. <laughs> it was disgusting. <laughs> um, but what was your favorite racing game growing up? So I think I've referenced it before. Porsche Unleashed was a big one when I was a young kid. I don't think I ever played that. And Porsche Unleashed was cool because it integrated some sort of business elements with the racing and the car stuff and you could make money in that game flipping cars where you'd you know buy one on the used marketplace and then fix it up and then sell it for a profit and that was that a thing a that you could speed do game it is a need for speed game okay so that was that was what i would call number one number two was need for speed most wanted the first one the one with the bmw yeah, or no. the M3, the E46 M3 yeah. boss car. Not opposite, most wanted. Yeah. yeah. And the Blacklist and, and all that. And I yep. love that game. I played that game so much. I probably endlessly. have enough hours into that game that I... It's a year that It can satisfy my life, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and, and if someone handed me a controller and it was on a TV in front of me right now, I'd play the living shit out of it. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, probably, I'd probably actually play the game if they remade it that's how much i love that game. but i don't i don't think you could capture it again in that way um i mean i feel that way about most games now anyway mm-hmm. uh it just doesn't i think the inclusion of the internet kind of really screwed the magic of single player games yeah yeah in my opinion well said and then so yeah i'd agree with you on that <sighs> I, I mean, those are the main ones, but here's an, another interesting fact is I think we've talked about Midnow, Midtown Madness before. Mm-hmm. Yep. I played Midtown Madness and Midtown Madness was kind of a simulation game in that it, you could just cruise really around. Was. Yeah. They had I, a cruise mode mm-hmm. where you could just drive around in the city and not do anything mission related. You could just drive yep. around. And I would play those games. Sometimes I would be a menace to society and I would, <laughs> you know, crash into things and mess the, around and have the fun. The first one had a freaking beetle on the cover. It did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it did, yes. But then other times I would abide by the traffic laws and pretend that I was actually driving a car. <laughs> This yep. makes me sound so nerdy. <laughs> I remember playing this game with a steering wheel. It was great. Game. Uh, I didn't never got into that too much. Uh, my cousins had one. It was it was the first game I played with a steering wheel. Nice, but yeah. So that indicated my love of actually driving in the real world, just yep. a little bit. That, right. That's about. That was when, and you know, by the time I got into my teens. I was playing more first-person shooters than racing games because yeah, I yeah. also got to start driving in real yeah, cars. Not, not, yeah, now it's the complete opposite for me. If I pick up a game, I'm playing a racing game. <laughs> you you aged out of first-person shooters? Um, Yeah, I just... 
I found out I can't keep up with sweaty 14 and 15 year olds anymore. That that's all. How they do you do. know they're sweaty? Uh, because the way that they can move a character, <laughs> I can tell. I, I was that sweaty right. 14, 15 year old, you know, once before. You can relate. Yeah, I can. I can relate. Yeah. When, when I was playing major league gaming matches, you know, when I was 15, I, I know. Wait, you did MLG? I did. Yeah. You wait, we both did competitive. Wait, what were you competing in? Um, I was competing in uh, in three v three mosh pit Modern Warfare two and three. No way! Yeah, <laughs> we might have played each other then. Once upon it's a time, it's possible. It's possible. Because um, yeah, I did three v three Modern Warfare three was the jam. Yeah, it was. Um, it was a time um, where I was really, really good at search and destroy and yep. Call of Duty. Yep, and um. And there were holy I, shit. I, I, I know this isn't about me, but uh, there there was one specific map, and uh, it was it was underpass. We we're playing search and destroy. I was the last person. It was one on six, and I had a team pick me up. Uh, the other team picked me up to join their MLG team because I literally ninja defused them. Oh, without knowing, <laughs> and they lost their fucking minds. <laughs> So I got invited to this team basically just because they planted it. And as he was planning, I crawled underneath them. And it was me versus the entire team. Hell yeah. So (laughs) it was a a time to be alive. You're taking me way back right now. Games were different then. Yeah. Uh, I I could not compete at that level now. But yeah. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah. my, My first racing game was... Hot Wheels Turbo Racing, and I lived life high on that game. And uh, I, 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 I like your Midtown that. Madness pick. That, that's a good one. Remember yeah. playing that? Good game. Um, you know, let's get away from you know the fake life. Let's go into some reality <laughs> here. Um, if you had to pick anything other than a Mercy, what car would you dream to own? And you can't say you already own it. There's a there's a huge list. There yeah, I know. I I figured, but okay, give me something because you talk about the mercy a lot. Yeah. Like that's really the end goal for you. Yes. Give me something that's the in between or the next best or you know something that you aspire to dream eventually. Two two came to mind. One of them is a is a very near future thing, and it might be the one I buy. It might not in the near future, and then one is a bit further off. So the first one is a Mercedes E sixty three. S the, the mm. W one no the W two twenty W oh boy W two two twenty four maybe something like that the the second most recent E class chassis twenty twenty like twenty eighteen to twenty twenty one I think yeah yeah it's got the six two in it it's the gnarliest sounding engine I've ever heard. It, it, it really is. It yeah. snarls at you. It's yeah. fucking awesome. And the interior is extremely nice. Um, yes. And it's a car that I just want to own for a little bit so that I can just, just daily drive. Just one, yeah. I just want a daily a car that sounds like a bear. <laughs> it, it, and it that's what it is. It looks like one too. <laughs> it's, it, it's gorgeous, yeah. So yeah, and I'm not much of a Mercedes fan, but I do like this one. Yeah, I'm not a huge Mercedes fan either, to be honest. And but I have driven one of these in the UK with 800 horsepower. Yeah, it the was, interior on that thing is wild. Yeah, 
So I like that car. <laughs> yeah, I, I I sympathize. I can see why. So that's and they're not one... that expensive either. They're they're really not. Yeah, like seventy five. Yeah, they're not out of the the realm of possibility for anybody. No, not at all. Uh, and then the other one is a five seven five Marinello Ferrari gated six speed. Yeah, and those are getting really expensive fast. Yeah, they were two hundred k. Now they're five hundred k. Yeah, and, and I was talking to a friend at PRI about these and how they were kind of like under the radar for a while in the last couple of years. Uh, the 550 and the 575 are just exploding in price. Yeah, I think people finally figured it out that they're worth something. Yeah, because they're beautiful. They sound amazing. Yeah. They work. <laughs> yeah, it, it, and it's a V12, and the V12s will be going away at some point here. Yeah. It's just... Yeah, crazy. Yeah, so I I do really want one of those. Just it's it's a GT Ferrari, and I'm not a big Ferrari guy. Also, that's probably the only Me one either. I would really ever own. Yeah, right. I'm with you, but it just feels like a a a part of my era that I want to experience. Yeah, because I mean the Marinello for us growing up would have been in a lot of games. Yeah, but it's not to even just degree. the games. It's it's just sort of modern or millennial luxury culture. Sure. A V12 Ferrari in the south of France sounds just like something I should do <laughs> with my life. Yeah. What was their six-speed manual with automatic shifting and clutch? What is it? A, a That's DCT? a paddle shift. Uh, yeah, what what is this? I don't... Yeah, it's, it's a single clutch. Uh, simulated or an automated manual. Yeah, no thanks. No, I, I want to not from two thousand two. I'm just reading this this car and driver article from two thousand two now. <laughs> Back when they thought that that was a good idea. Yeah, right. Yeah, that sounds like a bad idea. But what do I know? <laughs> um, yeah. So I know you asked this question to me on my uh, my car questions podcast. What car would you not be ashamed to own or drive? That I, you mean the guilty pleasure? Yeah, the guilty pleasure car. <sighs> I mean, I think it it kind of is. Uh, this is one I'll think about a, a better answer as I say this answer, which is my my Passat, a B five point five Passat. I don't <laughs> know if I'm all going to allow you to say that because that is actually a cool car, but. Unless you know, yeah, but pe- people aren't gonna know what a W. Then it's just like, Passat why the hell is you know what is this? It's it's a twenty year old junk Passat. It's a, yeah, <laughs> you have a Volkswagen Passat, isn't that like a daily driver throwaway car? <laughs> why is it in actually, a glass actually, case? You're, actually, you're right, right, but no. <laughs> um, what's a what's a better example? Um, so I've done this a number of times now where I have bought a automatic boring engined sedan front wheel drive, either American or Korean or Japanese 
and it's just as as plain vanilla as you can get of a car. Think of a Taurus or a Camry or a Sonata. Yep. <laughs> or a Malibu. One of those. Oh no, not the Malibu. One of those, you know? One of those. I've bought a lot of those now. And my shop has a fleet of Camry loaner cars. And they are a guilty pleasure car of mine because they are so humbling. <laughs> yeah. It, in, in after driving uh, or renting a Malibu uh, a couple months ago, I, I, I understand. Because like they are, if, if you take you and I, right, we're used to driving cars that have a little bit of horsepower yep. or yep. a little bit of luxury to it. And then you get one of those and you're like, how do I drive this thing? It is so slow. It's soulless. Yeah, th- and there's sad. It, it plasticky and, and it plastic, smells funny. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yep. So I call those the humility machine. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, they're a humility mobile. Yeah, and they're a guilty pleasure for that one commute home when you just don't want to think. Yeah, it's it's good for that. But then the next day when you want to actually engage with driving again and you have to drive it back, you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> right. I, and I think I think that's definitely like the argument with like EV stuff. It's just, it's the humility piece of a car. Yeah. And and so, you know, I'm, I'm paring down my fleet a little bit at the moment. And so to have a six-speed, eight-cylinder, super torquey, kind of collectible older Volkswagen and an F250 that's lifted with a huge fuel tank and super bright headlights and big wheels and tires on it. You know, those are just what I want to drive. That's just how I want to be seen in the world and I'm better for it. (laughs) Yeah. When, when I turned in the Malibu, the, the, the chick at Enterprise goes, well, how was, how was it? And I, I was like, you won't catch me dead in one of those again. Damn, that was savage. <laughs> she, goes, she goes, it was that, she goes, it's that bad. I said, it wasn't you guys. It was the car. It just, just it's a terrible car. <laughs> and then you got back in your Audi S4 with, oh, uh, from that trip. No, we got in the edge as soon as we got home. No, because we All left right. that one at the airport. <laughs> But okay, so uh, quick, I've got to ask you a question. Oh God, what what are the modifications you've done to your Audi? Um, it's got uh, intercooler, cold air intake, stage one ECU, stage two TCU. Uh, I think that's up out. Oh, and a and a valve cap back. I haven't done anything else. Mm. Pretty okay. pretty minimal. It sounds really good for not even having any turbo exhalation work I, done. Uh, <laughs> I've decided I'm scared to modify it further, so I'm just going to leave that alone and buy something that I can break and not worry about it. There you go. I only own cars. <laughs> that I can uh, yeah, I've, I've decided I'm afraid of it. So Fair enough. Yeah. So pretty tastefully modified enough to but hurt some people <laughs> on the street or the strip. Yeah. So, you know. That's all you really want anyways. Yeah. Right. Um, so 
I know that we we kind of touched on this a few episodes ago. Um, how you really don't like to work on your own cars. It's just, you know, not not your yeah. thing, but, but you'll do it. I'll do it. Do you have any aspirations to learn more, to get more into it? No. Okay. That eliminates know. question 5B. Okay. And <laughs> I, I can explain. Uh, yeah. I have, I know I have so much to learn in my life and I don't think it's worth my time or valuable for myself or the world for me to invest further in learning how to wrench. I'm okay. perfectly happy to learn all of the technical information so that I can explain it to techs or customers or business well, you don't want people in to my company. Learn how to do it yourself. But to get hands-on experience is not worth my time. Okay. So and, that yeah. that that eliminates the second part of that question of is there a specific build you'd want to do? So we'll just skip over that. Um, since you don't like to work on your own cars, <laughs> but weirdly enough, you own an auto repair shop. Can you tell our listeners why that brings you joy in the fact that it's a business that you run? So I'm give very... it give it from an enthusiast point of view, not from a business owner. From an enthusiast point of view, because you don't like to work on your own stuff, but you own a repair shop where you repair cars. I am enthusiastic about cars and about people in general having a good car ownership experience. You're right. So I enjoy every single day the opportunity to give people a better car ownership experience because right. I want to be the person and by extension, the business that people turn to for advice in every area of their car ownership experience. So whether it's where do I get a new security system installed? Where do I get window tint? Where do I get car insurance? Where do I get bank financing for my new car? how should I go about buying a new car? What should I look for in a new car? I love answering all those questions all day long. I never get tired of it. And it means that I get a lot of satisfaction out of doing the job of owning this business. Okay. All right. That's what I got for you. All right. I'll, I'll take that from the enthusiast point of view and uh, I'll take that. Good answer because because it, it's just if someone didn't know a rude and they just heard he doesn't like working on cars but owns an auto repair shop, it'd be like what? This doesn't well, make any sense. <laughs> well, and I will also say this: I am not the most social person. I'm not the best at being conversational or able to bring out small talk and. And, and just get to know somebody on a personal level, just chatting about them. Sure. But if the first question that I get to ask every single person is, well, what do you drive? Do you like it? It's, and, it's and, the and, instant icebreaker for you. Yep. And it may not be for everybody. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it may not be for everybody, but it helps you be that social person yeah. that you need to be. Yep. Which yep. I, I, I totally understand. I, it, it it's easier 
for me from that standpoint. And I usually tell people like, look, I won't remember your name, but I'll remember what you drive. Yep. Yeah. That's and they're always like, what? I'm like, like, I was like, just go with it. (laughs) I'm the one with the silver accord. Right. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, The one with the, that little scratch on the front wheel. (laughs) Right. It's like my wife is out in California a couple of weeks ago on a business trip. And she's talking to this guy who's like, her manager's manager and he's like yeah i know your husband and i'm like well, what's his name and uh she tells me his name I'm like i have no idea who that is and she goes yeah you've met him at the track i'm like oh what does he drive and she tells me I'm like oh yeah i'm okay it's like i know who that is <laughs> yep so, that's how that's how it is you learn people from the parking lot right <laughs> uh and speaking of tracks, what is the last car event that you went to and the coolest thing that you saw there? Define car event. <laughs> uh, it could literally be anything from um, uh, a racetrack event to a Cars and Coffee uh, to one of those uh, Golden Gate Bridge takeovers, if you're into that. Uh, I was on the Golden Gate Bridge yesterday, actually. <laughs> I did not take it over. But I was there. Um, yeah. So it could be anything. It, it, whatever you deem a car event. It could be an auction. <clears throat> Something I mean, car related. Enthusiast related. You know what's sad is the answer is the SEMA show. Damn, dude. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, you know, there's a second part to question eight. Um, so I'm just gonna tack this on there. Why haven't you been to anything more recent? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm busy. <laughs> I, I mean, I hear you. I, I, I understand. I have a legit excuse here in the Midwest. Um, I don't know if you've got that in Cali yet, uh, you know, weather-wise, but, you know. It's under 60 degrees. That's why I haven't been. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> There's legit snow on our streets and nobody's doing anything. So, the, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. No, you. there is there, the, car, <laughs> the car group that I'm a part of here. They are doing a... Uh, a go-kart racing series starting in February. <laughs> so cool. I'm right. going to do it All right. Yeah, just to get out. But anyway, yeah, you, why haven't you been to anything since the Steam show? Just busy. Just can't get around to it. So the types of car events that I have frequented the most in the past are track days. And track right. days involve a one, at least 24-hour period, really, dedicated to getting to the track yeah and question eight was when is the last time you've been to the racetrack and why you haven't been recently yeah so the last track day i did was in may of 2022 it's now december almost a year we're getting closer oh over a year (laughs) yeah oh yeah it's been over a year yeah yeah and uh that's because in early june of 2022 i crashed the m4 shooting promotional videos for people to rent out that car for the track yeah and at the time i was going about once a month to the track from october of 2021 to may of 2022 i was going at least once a month i think i did seven or eight track days in that time and i love going to the track i know you do but at that time crashed that car and in March of 2022, I massively overheated my E46 on the track. 
and blew the head gasket. Ooh. And, or, or I should say warped the head. I don't even know if I blew the head gasket, but I was definitely consuming coolant in an overpressurized cooling yeah, system. Yeah, either way, you've, you've lifted it enough to mess Cause it up. problems, yeah. yeah. Um, so that car was unusable, and I didn't want to divert funds to replace that engine. And I finally did that. I finally replaced that engine about a month and a half ago, two months ago. So October of 2023, that car was basically down. It never went more than three miles from March of 22 till October of 23. Um, and, and so I basically didn't have a track car during that time and didn't even really get into much spirited driving i was kind of confidence wise a bit down sure. after crashing the m4 i felt like my car control skills weren't as good as i thought they I were mean, my confidence would be down for sure yeah and so i just thought you know i'm not as invincible as i thought i was and maybe i should just cool it for a while and so i've been cooling it <laughs> And I've still done a ton of car stuff in that time. So I haven't felt like I've been missing the fix. You know, I've, I've bought and sold so many cars in that time that I've kind of not even really thought too much about the track. Cause I've been so busy with all the little projects that I'm doing. Yeah. And, and that's kind of the same sentiment I had last year or this last season. Uh, so I, I, I see where you're coming from. Just kind of, yeah. you, you have other things that you're prioritizing. And every day feels like a bit of a car meet for me <laughs> because yeah. I'm at a shop just talking about cars. It, yeah. People yeah. I know. You see something. Yeah. So it, it yeah. Um, that's my answer there. Okay. The coolest thing I saw. Hmm. I don't know if this isn't the coolest thing I saw, but one of the last track days I did in the M4, I was competing in a time attack. And this is shows how not good of a driver I am. Um, I had a, you know, 450 horsepower turbo three liter six cylinder on slicks with not a hugely complex setup, basically just track coilovers and slicks. Right. And, and good brake pads and a DCT. And I was doing this time attack on Thunderhill West, which is a track built for light cars that handle really well. It's not made for big power, heavy German coupes, but that's what I had. And I lined up and I qualified like seventh out of 20 in the time attack. And all the cars in front of me were like Caymans and um, there was an M4 up front what else was up there? I'm trying to remember. It was it was cars that had like a little bit less power than me, like 300 horsepower or so, and were just little rocket chips. Right. <clears throat> but there was an E92 M3 that qualified right behind me in the time attack. And I spent the entire competitive final session just toe to toe with this freaking M3, but the M3 was manual and has a hundred less horsepower. 
<laughs> and it was keeping up with me. And that annoyed me a lot. Right. But it was such a good competitive event because it was just one of those back and forth, back and forth. We were hundreds of a second off from each other. And he ended up beating me by like, I think it was something like one one hundredth of a second or something like that. Right. It was very painful, but <laughs> it was good. It was a, it was a very good event. I like that. Well, I think it might be time for you to go again in the spring. Don't make it two years. Fair enough. I hear you. Um, it, I guess I'll shoehorn off the notebook. Well, you said you if we had time, you wanted to it, ask This is just a follow-up. And this is, you know, you can tell <laughs> me to end this whenever. I'm just going to keep going until you say I've had enough. Well, um, get in those uh, get in those two questions that you wanted to get in. Um, Plus the, one the, more. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to leave the second one off because it, we know why. It's, it's why mercy, in which we know why. <laughs> we, we've heard it a bazillion times. We don't need to ask that question again. Okay. But the, que- the follow-up to the to the racing series one is what is your favorite road course driven on or not driven on just any road course on the planet what's your favorite so i have the cliche answer okay (laughs) just the nurburgring yeah (laughs) the ring okay it is if you think about what a road course is it is it is a terrible example of one because sure. a road course should be something where you can legitimately get laps, plural, and mm-hmm. learn it and learn the complexities of each corner. But right. it not be so damn long it, it, that you don't remember the corner even the next time you go around. The ring would be a terrible answer for that, especially for a novice driver. <laughs> yeah. So I guess my... I'll give two ad- additional answers. Okay. One of them is uh, I really like Laguna Seca. Laguna Seca, mm-hmm. and I don't like it just because of the corkscrew. I right. just think it is a very easy track to learn and do well on. But there yep. are a couple places where it gets super duper technical mm-hmm. and you have to really learn how to do the corner properly. Right. But then there's a lot of it that's like, all right, you know, I can I can apex this one and it makes total sense and I can run out to the edge of the track and it's super forgiving and there's no walls and it's just a really clean track to go on. Yep. So the the second track that I really like was actually in the UK. It's just outside of London. It's called Brands Hatch. Oh, okay. And Brands Hatch, I think it's an F1 circuit, but it is really just a a super well taken care of, very professional, very modern facility Mm -hmm. with a track that is extremely fast paced. It's, It's not fast, fast. It's not like you're going 150 in a bunch of different places. Right. Even the, the front straight isn't actually a straight. It's a very long corner with a hill. <laughs> right. But it's one of those courses where they have a big gantry over the start finish line with the red, red and green lights. And they have the, the lines on the starting grid where 
people will do a dead start. Yeah, yeah. The, and the and it, that, those kind of things are super cool. And the pits, you actually have to go through like a real pit garage to get onto the track. A true paddock. A true paddock separated yeah. by a building from the pit lane. Right. Which to go through the pit garage to get onto the track is super cool. Right. <clears throat> I just wish that I had gone there in a better car <laughs> because I had gone there in my own Cupra 280, which a Cupra 280 is a very, very capable car. It's super powerful for a front wheel drive, you know, hatchback. But the brakes that had been installed by the dealership that I bought the car from were probably the lowest quality brakes you could have gotten. Oh. <laughs> and so I could do two laps at a time and then my rotors would get so hot and warped that it was drastically unsafe to drive the car. Okay. Living dangerous, I see. <laughs> but so I'd do two laps at a time and then I'd come in, let them cool off till the next session. Go again. Okay. Kind of right. boring. Yeah. That's how it goes I mean, sometimes. It was something though, right? It was something. And it's a cool, it. a cool facility. And and the UK is known for having really, really cool and good race facilities. Right. So if you have the opportunity, I recommend going. Getting getting some track time in over there. All right. Well, um, I think I'll just skip by a couple of these questions. We'll we'll just we'll end it here. All right. Um today, like speaking in relative current time. They're not talking about past. <laughs> what brings you the most joy when it comes to cars? Something you do every day or something you see? Did you just do it's, that smiles? It's It's been the same thing for a long time. And this is something that if, if, if I had played through the very long story about why I fell in love with cars in the first place, it would have ended with the true realization which is i had been i i had i can't remember which event had happened with my first passat some issue that needed it to be getting i think it was one of the mechanical repairs that it needed that took a little bit of time at the dealership so the car was at the dealership for like a week or two weeks or something like that and i got it back and i was doing pizza delivery at the time and I was returning from having delivered a pizza to the restaurant and I sent it in my eight cylinder, super booming exhaust. I mean, not that loud, but kind of good sounding at least exhaust with my mixtape in the CD player. Oh yeah. <laughs> mixtape, baby. And listening to, to cool music. I don't even remember what it was, but cool music singing along, windows down in the summer, driving a fast car that sounds good and just loving every second of it. Everything I just described is what I really love. And there have been, I don't know, two dozen of that exact experience in my life where I just get hit with the present so hard and it is so blissful. And there's the the time in my E46 that I was just about to move to London and I was in California having come back from London 
and I was about to drive the car up to Seattle and I was, I dropped off the cat at the airport for the cat to go to London. And it was August or September. And I had the windows down. It was 70 degrees out, sunny, no traffic. And I'm just rowing gears, you know, passing everybody on the freeway, loving every second of it. Uh, and then one more, that is exactly the same story, but I'll tell it anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Coming, I, I used to commute to Santa Clara from Union City, which is 25 miles from where my shop was in Santa Clara to my house in Union City. And I had the M3 at the time. And I had started listening in early 2022 to country music. And I was listening to God's Country. Blake Sheldon, I think. I believe that is correct. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just asking you because I assume you know these kind of things. Uh, I country I, music y- facts. Yeah, it's it's Blake Sheldon. All right, so God's Country, blasting the M3 down the freeway late at night. I home do not work. take you as a God's Country fan. <laughs> Especially driving late at night. But wow, okay. We've learned something <laughs> new, everybody. <laughs> a gold dirt road out yeah. to the middle of nowhere. Okay. Something like that. I know, it's I a new one. Learned that, something hey. new about Arun today. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And and just the the bliss that comes from the combination of music, exhaust sound, and driving fast is my favorite 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 thing in the world i will never not smile at that okay all right i'll take it i will take the only exception to the music part of it is when i'm on a racetrack yeah see when when i'm getting it and into the feels of driving a car aggressively uh, the music's off (laughs) every time now if i'm like having a damn good day after work music's up but yeah. like if, if i'm if i'm really wanting to drive uh music's down windows are usually down too <laughs> you hear it all hear it all um, but uh that, that's it my friend uh, i think i'll i will leave the listeners with that one and yeah, uh, that's a good place to wrap it up and we'll we'll uh we'll send them on their way all right so before you go on your way a couple things to be aware of we have a number of different areas of the internet where we reside and share opinions, experiences, stories, education, inspiration, information, all different things that you can use to continue to build the driven mindset within yourself. The first and foremost of those is our YouTube channel, Driven Diary. We're doing weekly vlog style videos capturing what the day-to-day life of me as a entrepreneur and car collector of sorts is and and how that's going for me and I wanted to capture all these early stages where there's a lot of struggle there's a lot of difficulty there's a lot of things that go wrong and that's not to say as you get further along in business that those problems go away but this is the stage that more people can relate to but where fewer people are capturing the journey so I appreciate 
when I get to see that from other people and I want to share that for others to, to watch it for me. We also have the discord server where we've just opened it up to the public. So everybody can access every part of the discord where the most driven individuals in the world are congregating to discuss their pursuits of excellence in business, fitness, and cars, hold each other accountable, set and share goals and become better together. That's what this community and the We Are Driven network is all about. And if you need directions to either of those places and you're humble enough to ask for them, you can find either of us on the internet and ask us for those directions. You can find me on Instagram at Arun D. Kumar or on LinkedIn and Facebook just with my name, Arun Kumar. Dan, where can people find you? Uh, I am Dan LaRue on Facebook and LinkedIn. That's where I will answer most frequently. And then I am Dan underscore LaRue on Instagram. And that is all we got for today. So we appreciate you listening. This has been Arun and Dan. And until next time, stay driven. <laughs>